Let God transform your life as you listen to this inspiring sermon by Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb. On September 26, 1983, one of the most exciting boat races in history took place at the America's Cup race in Newport, Rhode Island, USA. The race for the World Championship Trophy was set between a team from America and a team from Australia. The American boat, dubbed Liberty, was defending the home nation's dominant reign in the race. In fact, the Americans had won every single race since 1851. That's 132 years. It was the longest winning streak in any sport in history. The Americans were intent on keeping the world trophy in the USA. And I'm sure most people thought the Americans would win again. The challengers came from Australia, sailing with a boat dubbed Australia 2. Facing such a dominant American team, many people didn't give the Australians much of a chance of winning the race. But the fact is, on September 26th, the Australian team did what no one else had done in 132 years. They beat the American team and took the world trophy down under to Australia. How did they do it? How did the Australian team overcome a 132-year losing streak to win the World Sailing Championship? Well, they came with a unique design for their boat, and that certainly helped their chances. But the unique design of their boat isn't what won the race. The Australians also came with something else that gave them the winning advantage. They came with faith that they would win. You see, for three years before the race, the captain of the Australian team had prepared his crew to finish in victory. The Australian captain knew that in order to finish in victory, his team had to see themselves as winners. They needed a vision of victory. So the Australian captain produced a recording with a narrative that proclaimed the Australian team winning the race. The recording was given to each member of the Australian crew, and they were instructed to listen to it twice a day, every day. The Australian team did that for three years straight, over and over and over again. For three solid years, the Australians envisioned themselves winning. For 1,095 days in a row, they listened to the narrator proclaim their victory. They envisioned it. They believed it. And that vision motivated them to work hard and prepare. So the Australians diligently pursued victory by practicing and preparing. They turned their vision into daily discipline. And ultimately, their vision and determination led them to finish in victory. There's a powerful lesson for all of us in the inspiring true story of Australia's unexpected win at the America's Cup race in 1983. No matter who you are or what challenges you face, you can overcome every obstacle. You can finish in victory when you possess the faith to finish. It begins with the vision of faith, seeing yourself victorious in Christ, and it continues with staying steadfast through the struggles. That's the message in our sermon today, a sermon titled, Faith to Finish. We're going to look at the example of Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, to learn the keys that will give us faith to finish. But before we learn more, let's bow our heads and pray. Almighty and everlasting Father, we rejoice in you and in your son Jesus and the mighty victory he won for himself and for all of us 
on the cross and at the resurrection. Thank you that that victory is permanent. Thank you that it is paramount. Thank you that it is powerful enough to bring us deliverance and usher us all into new life. We receive that power, that grace from you today. Even as we submit to you, we bind every voice of the enemy and command them silent, and we loose the spirit of the living God to minister truth to our lives and grace to obey. In Jesus' name, with thanksgiving we say, we praise you, amen and amen. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to Truth For Today. God bless you for joining me as we come to the final sermon in our sermon series titled, It Is is finished. We began this sermon series on Easter weekend by looking at what Jesus meant when he declared, it is finished on the cross. In that moment, Jesus secured a permanent and total victory, not only for himself, but for all of us who follow him in faith. He ended the bondage of sin and Satan and death and won for us a complete victory. His victory is our victory and new life is ours in Christ. Now it's left for his completed work to be completed in us. Because he finished, we can also finish in victory. God's power has made the way And our faith is what we use to access all that God has for us. So take a moment and join your faith with mine. Put your hand on your chest and say, Lord Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. Manifest your glory in me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Fortunately today, Jesus has given us the example of the type of faith that we need to finish in victory. So today, let's discover three truths about the faith we need to finish. Our scripture text is taken from Hebrews 12 to now receive the word of the Lord. Let us look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to your hearts today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Consider carefully what the Bible is telling us in this passage. Inside this simple verse, we discover the keys to the faith that carried Jesus through the cross to the throne in heaven. And when we follow his example, we too will finish in victory and rule with Christ. So let's discover the three truths about faith to finish. And here's your first truth today. Faith to finish sees the victory. Everybody say seize. Listen to these interesting words telling us about what motivated Jesus to endure the cross. In Hebrews 12, 2, it says, the joy that was set before him. And here's what that means. When something is set before you, then you can see it. The purpose of setting something in front of a person is for them to see it. And that's what God the Father did for Jesus. He set before Jesus the end result of the cross so that Jesus could see the results in advance. What did Jesus see? He saw you and me worshiping in heaven. He saw multitudes of sinners getting saved. He saw the sick healed, the devil cast out, and the chains broken. The end result of Jesus completing his work on the cross was total victory. And so God the Father set before Jesus a vision of his total victory. And it is that vision that gave Jesus the power and the grace to endure the cross. 
And the same thing is true for all of us. If you could see the reward of your giving, you would give more. If you could see the results of your prayers, you would pray more. If you could see the joy awaiting you in heaven, you would pay any price. You would wage any warfare against the devil. If you could see your reward, you would make any sacrifice. That's why Paul prays for us in Ephesians 1.18 and says this, I pray that the eyes of your heart will be flooded with light so that you can see the wonderful future that God has promised to those he called. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. Vision is vital to your victory. In fact, vision is so important to life that God makes this amazing statement in Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. Your vision is tied to your life. If you're going to succeed in life, you must have vision. If you're going to live the abundant life God is destined for you, then you must see the victory that you're headed towards. For the fact is, whenever God wants to do something, he gives a vision. He reveals it so you and I can visualize it. And when we visualize it, we're on the way to victory in that area. This is the example we see in the life of Jesus himself. Listen to how Jesus describes the vital role vision played in his own life and ministry in John 5, 19 and 20. Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him everything he's doing. In fact, the father will show him how to do even greater works than healing this man. So how did Jesus know when the father was moving? How did Jesus know where the father was working? He saw it and followed what he saw. Jesus moved when he saw his father move, and the result was that people were healed and delivered and saved. And listen to verse 20. God the father will show Jesus how to do even greater works. In other words, the key to doing greater works is to See them. If you want to grow, if you want to develop, if you want to make progress in your life, you must see what God wants to show you. If you want to achieve more tomorrow than you are today, you must see it. So let me ask you a question today. What do you see? What vision do you have for your life? Do you see yourself succeeding at your God-given destiny? Or are you focused on a different pursuit? Do you see yourself as God sees you? Or is your vision of yourself based on falsehood? For how you view life determines how you do life. And faith to finish requires that you see as God sees. That's the truth we learn from Abraham, the father of faith. In Genesis chapter 15, we see the importance of vision in God's encounter with Abraham. In their conversation, there's a battle going on between God's vision and Abraham's vision. Listen carefully to what happens. In Genesis 15, 1, the Bible says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I'm your shield, your exceedingly great reward. In verse 1, God gives Abraham a vision. The word of God came to him in a vision. And to truly embrace the word of God, you have to see what God sees. You can't understand God's word and his plan for your life if you don't see it with eyes of faith. This is why so many hear God's word but don't understand it. They don't have eyes of faith to see what God sees. And this is what happens to Abraham. God paints a picture for Abraham and gives him a word through a vision. He says, I am your shield. 
Can you envision a shield? That's painting a picture. That's bringing a promise through a picture. But Abraham doesn't see it by faith. So he comes back to God, and in verses 2 and 3, he says this. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless? Then Abraham said to God, look, you've given me no offspring. Abraham saw himself as childless. He saw himself as empty. Instead of seeing what God sees, Abraham tries to get God to see what he sees. So he says to God, look at what I see. I see no child. I see no offspring. I see no heir. I see problems and lack and discouragement. I see failure and disappointment. And you may be here today listening or watching, and you're just like Abraham. God is giving you a word about your future. He's giving you a vision. He's showing you your destiny. He paints a picture for you of the victorious life. He declares to you, it is finished. Every bondage is broken. Every enemy is defeated. But many of you are discouraged and afraid. You come back to God and say, I don't see freedom and victory. I don't see provision. I don't see marriage. I don't see a child on the way. I don't see promotion. Seeing that I have no peace. Seeing that I have no joy. Seeing that I have no money. What will you do? Look, God, look at what hasn't happened. Look at what isn't going right. And we try to get God to see from our point of view. We try to convince him that our vision is correct and he needs to do something about it. That's what Abraham did. But God comes right back and says this in verses 4 and 5. Then the Lord said to him, you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. So God comes right back to Abraham and says, look, look up into the sky. The stars you see are my provision for you. Your offspring will be as great as the stars of the heaven. And God says to you today, look up. See what I can do. See my vision. See my power. See my provision. Believe in me. Have faith in me. And if you'll look up and see what God sees, you'll see your answer. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. Your provision is in the vision. When you look up and see what God sees, you won't doubt his power and ability to meet every need. You'll have the faith to finish. That's why in verse 6, the Bible says, And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. And the same thing will work for you. Don't try to get God to see what you see. You need to see what God sees. You need to see supernaturally. The vision you need is not natural vision. It's supernatural vision. Seeing as God sees requires you to look beyond the natural into the supernatural. It's not physical eyesight that you need, but spiritual eyesight. For vision is God's supernatural eyesight. You may not see your provision in the natural, but faith sees into the supernatural. Faith isn't based on natural sight Faith is based on supernatural sight. That's the lesson we can learn from the inspiring true story of an American woman named Florence Chadwick. Early on the morning of July 4th, 1952, 34-year-old Florence Chadwick waded into the water of the Pacific Ocean off Catalina Island and began swimming toward California, USA. 
Florence was a professional swimmer. She'd already become the first woman to swim across the English Channel in both directions. Now she was attempting to swim the 21 miles across the San Pedro Channel. No woman had done that before. The distance posed no difficulty for Florence as she was physically capable of completing the swim. But this day would prove to be difficult. As Florence stepped into the water to begin her historic attempt, a thick fog blanketed the coastline. By most mornings in California, the fog lifted by noon, but for some reason this day, the fog never lifted at all. Florence swam for nearly 15 hours in the bone-chilling water. She peered desperately through her goggles, looking frantically for the California shore, but all she could see was fog. Tired and numb from the cold, Florence asked to be pulled from the water by her coach who followed in a support boat. The coach knew that Florence was close to her goal, so he urged her to keep swimming. For another hour, Florence did just that, battling on through the fog and icy water, but still she couldn't see the shoreline. And so she despaired and gave up. She was pulled into the trainer's boat and quit her attempt to swim across the channel. But when the boat arrived at shore, she was devastated to learn that she had been just about one kilometer from her goal. When asked by a reporter later that day what had gone wrong, Florence replied, it was the fog. I'm not trying to make excuses, but I know if I could have seen the shore, I know I could have made it. So two months later, Florence was back on Catalina Island to try again. Once again, the water was cold. Once again, the fog was thick and never lifted. But this day was different from the first. This day, Florence Chadwick succeeded in becoming the first woman to swim the San Pedro Channel. She even beat the men's record by two hours. After her historic swim, a reporter asked her what was the difference between her first failed attempt and her second victorious one. She replied, I made it this time because I kept the shoreline in my heart. This time, I kept the shoreline in my heart. She couldn't see with natural eyesight because of the fog, but she held the unseen in her heart. What do you see? Do you only see natural things with natural eyes? Or do you hold the unseen vision of God in your heart? Do you carry his supernatural vision through life? Do you only see the things of this world? Or do you see the greater reality of the spiritual and eternal world? Faith to finish sees the victory with supernatural eyesight. And when you have the vision of faith, you will be steadfast to finish in victory. And that brings us to our second truth about faith to finish. Faith to finish is steadfast through the struggles. Listen to what happened to Jesus when he saw the vision of victory. Hebrews 12, 2 goes on and tells us, Jesus endured the cross, despising the shame. So once Jesus saw the victory, it gave him the strength to be steadfast through his struggles. When he had a vision of the reward his suffering would bring to him, then he had the grace he needed to endure the cross and despise the shame. And the same is true for you. When you possess the right vision, you'll obtain the strength you need to stay steadfast through the struggles. For the truth is, seeing the victory is the foundation for faith, but it's not the only element that you need for faith. Vision alone 
is not enough. You have to add steadfast determination to your vision for faith to finish in victory. We see this in the life of Jesus. Jesus saw the result of his suffering. He saw multitudes of redeemed people worshiping his father around the throne in heaven. But Jesus didn't just sit around dreaming about that wonderful vision. He knew that in order to get to the victory, he had to see it first, but then he had to remain steadfast in the struggle. He had to walk this earth and live a life that pleased God. He had to overcome the temptations of Satan. He had to overcome the opposition of evil men. He had to endure the cross. He had to die and visit hell. He had to do all this to finish in victory. In fact, Jesus understood that the suffering he would endure was a necessary part of his destiny. That's why Hebrews 5.8 says, even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. And think about what this amazing verse is teaching you today. Even though Jesus was the son of God, he still had to pass through suffering and trials. He still had to endure struggles. And those struggles weren't sent to defeat him. They were sent to prepare him and build him up and develop him so that he could complete his mission and finish in victory. And the same thing is true for all of us. If Jesus had to struggle and learn to endure, we will also. In fact, every true work of God will endure struggle. Every true work of God will have opposition. Trials are part of life. They make us stronger. God uses those struggles to perfect us. That's why James 1, 2-4 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. When you understand that struggles are sent to develop you and build you, then you will understand why you must endure them in order to pass the test. You must remain steadfast in the struggle as you keep your sights on the victory. For the fact is God uses the struggles to test us and perfect us. He gives us a vision of our victory, then works out that victory in our lives day by day as we follow him in obedience. That's the lesson we can learn from one of the world's most famous marble statues. Hundreds of years ago, a talented sculptor named Michelangelo set out to carve a marble statue. He wanted to create a statue of the Bible hero David when he was a young man tending sheep. So Michelangelo began looking for a huge stone from which he could carve the image of David. He wanted to carve the statue out of one single solid block of marble. So he took a long time to search for the perfect rock. Then he set to work. He spent years with a hammer and chisel, chipping away at the stone, fashioning and forming the figure of David. He knew that one mistake, one false blow of the hammer could ruin the entire work. Carefully, gradually, the image of David appeared from the stone. When it was finished, it was a beautiful and perfect work of art, which is admired even to this day. After he was finished, Michelangelo was asked how he had accomplished creating such a masterpiece out of one single stone. He replied that he'd searched for the right stone. He knew he had the right stone when he saw the image of David in his mind. He could picture David in the stone in his mind's eye. Then he said, I hammered and chiseled away everything that was not David till only David was left. 
This great statue was formed by first seeing the vision of what image would come from it, then removing everything that didn't match that vision. And in the same way that Michelangelo saw David in the rock and removed everything till only David stood alone. So God is working in you to transform you. God has a beautiful vision of your life. He sees what no one else can see. He sees in you the image of Christ. He sees you whole and complete. He sees you full of life and love and grace and peace. He sees a beautiful you that accomplishes all you were created to accomplish. He sees you finishing your race in complete victory. But to get to that real you, he has to chisel and hammer away everything that is not part of his vision for your life. He has to gradually remove anything that is not pleasing to him. He takes us through a refining process so that we can come forth as he desires. And if you want his completed work to be completed in you, you must stay steadfast, through the struggle. You must be patient in the process. This is how God worked in the nation of Israel when he brought them into the promised land. Listen to Exodus 23, 27, and 30. God said, I will send my terror ahead of you and throw into confusion every nation you encounter. So God's giving them a promise of power. He says, I will make all your enemies turn their backs and run. Little by little. Somebody say little by little. Little by little, I will drive them out before you until you've increased enough to take possession of the land. God promised them the land. God promised them victory. God promised them to defeat their enemies. But he told them he would give them that victory little by little. They had to fight for it. They had to battle for it. They had to be steadfast through the struggle. And as they did what God told them to do, then little by little, he rewarded them and gave them the land. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. To finish in victory, you have to see what lies ahead and do what lies at hand. This is the problem with many Christians today. Many people get excited about the vision. They hear a message on vision and faith and they jump up and shout, yes, I believe, I receive. But then they sit down and do nothing. They don't take any action to bring their vision to pass. They seem to think that faith does nothing but sit and wait for God to act. Many young men today have great dreams for their future, yet they refuse to do what's necessary to accomplish their dream. But understand that destiny is determined by daily decisions. You have to see your destiny and then take the daily decisions that will lead you there. That's what Jesus did. Jesus kept the throne in view, but at the same time, he kept walking this life on this earth with steadfast faith. Jesus saw his destiny seated on the throne by his father with multitudes of redeemed people worshiping. Then he took the daily decisions that resulted in that vision being accomplished. Jesus knew that in order to get to the throne, he had to act every day in accordance with what he saw. He had the strength to endure because his vision motivated him. He could despise the shame because he compared the suffering to what he saw in his vision And the vision always came out better. The vision always won. And so it is for all of us. God clearly wants us to see the victory while we act today. That's why Jesus said in Luke 9, 23, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, 
and follow me. If you want to follow Jesus to the finish in victory, you have to take up your cross daily. Arriving at the finish line in victory tomorrow requires you to practice daily disciplines today. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. Your provision is in the vision, but the procurement is in the practice. You do the natural, God will do the supernatural. That's the lesson we learned from the amazing true story of an American man named John Rockefeller. John was just 16 years old when he set out in search of his first job. As a young 16-year-old boy, he had little education, few skills, and no job experience. But John Rockefeller had something that would serve as a foundation for success in his life. First, he had vision. Even though he was only 16 years of age, he'd set some ambitious goals for his life. For one thing, he wanted to live to be 100 years old. And secondly, he'd set a goal to make $100,000 in his lifetime. But vision alone won't achieve success. And fortunately, John Rockefeller also possessed the necessary determination to make the vision come to pass. So in August of 1855, John set out to find a job. He left his hostel at 8 a.m. and went from office to office and from shop to shop searching for work. He would stay out all day until 5 p.m. presenting himself to potential employers. He did this six days a week for six straight weeks. Six days a week for six straight weeks from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. knocking on doors asking for a job. John Rockefeller walked the streets and spoke to hundreds of managers and business owners. And for 36 working days in a row, he came up empty. But then, on September 26, John Rockefeller finally landed a job as an assistant bookkeeper. It was his first job, and it only paid 50 cents a day. That pitiful sum seemed so insignificant that a lot of other people would have turned down the offer. But John Rockefeller knew something that we need to know. Destiny is determined by daily decisions. Faith begins with vision, but it's the disciplined daily determination that delivers vision to the finish line in victory. So John set to work as an assistant bookkeeper, earning 50 cents a day. He did his best and worked hard and continued to pursue his vision. He was a man of faith and faithfully tithed his income from the very beginning. And as John did the natural, God did the supernatural. In fact, from his humble beginnings, John Rockefeller soared to success and significance. He went on to build a vast business empire and became the richest American who ever lived. He gave away millions of dollars to church and charity. And when he died, John Rockefeller, who got his first job for 50 cents a day, was worth 340 billion U.S. dollars. And in his inspiring story, there's a lesson for you. We often think that faith is claiming great goals for God. And certainly, faith sees those great victories and envisions great accomplishments. But faith doesn't just dream big, it rolls up its sleeves and does daily duty. Faith is steadfast in the struggle. Faith endures through the difficulties. It is obedient at every opportunity. For as the word of God tells us, faith is like a mustard seed. It starts small, but grows through determination and endures to the end. 
That's why the Bible exhorts us in Hebrews 6.12 with these words. Follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. Faith plus endurance finishes in victory. So here's what you need to remember today. It's not your job to do amazing things for God. Your job is to obey him every day in every decision. When you do that, then God will do amazing things in your life. For the promise we find in Hebrews 3.14 says this, if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. If you're faithful to the end, you will finish in victory and share in everything that belongs to Jesus. And that brings us to our third truth about faith to finish. Faith to finish succeeds in victory. This is the testimony of Jesus Christ himself. Our scripture text ends with this powerful statement in Hebrews 12:2. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So Jesus saw the victory. Jesus was steadfast through the struggle. And now Jesus is seated at the place of honor by the throne of God. And here's what that means for you and me today. Faith always succeeds whenever it doesn't give up. Faith will always accomplish what you set out to do. Faith is powerful. Listen, for example, to what Jesus himself said about the power of faith. In Mark 5, 34, Jesus said to a woman, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. And I declare to you today, you will be made well when you remain in faith. You will live in peace. Your suffering will end and your faith will finish in victory. In Matthew 9, 29, Jesus said, Because of your faith, it will happen. And I declare to you today, it will happen. What you need will be done. The breakthrough will come. The door will open. The battle is won. God will do it in answer to your faith. Matthew 15, 28, Jesus said, your faith is great. Your request is granted. So what are you praying for? It will happen. What are you believing for? It will be done. God will honor your faith and he will grant you victory. For in Matthew 21, 20 and 21, Jesus told them, I tell you the truth. If you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. You can pray for anything and if you have faith, you will receive it. And I declare to you today, nothing is impossible possible with God. Your faith will move mountains. Your faith will triumph. Your faith will see you through and you will finish in victory for there's power in faith. There's promise in faith. God honors faith because faith honors God. If you have faith today, you'll have faith to finish. You'll finish in victory and come out ahead. No matter what you pass through on this earth, no matter what others do to you, no matter what struggle you are going through, you will arise with Jesus in victory. That's the power of faith. And that's why faith to finish will always succeed. It will obtain the prize and receive the reward. Faith to finish will lead you to the throne. Jesus has finished. And all who follow him in faith will finish in victory. You will run your race and succeed. You will not fail when you stand with faith to finish. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for each and every one of your children today. Stir our hearts, O oh Lord, to have faith to finish. Give us the vision 
that you have for our lives ending in victory. Give us a vision of our eternal reward. Give us the courage in that vision to pursue it with the daily disciplines we need to do to get there. Help us, Lord, to endure and stay steadfast in the struggle that we might succeed in faith as you did. We thank you now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you for listening to this message. Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb is the senior pastor of Agape House, New Testament Church in East Lagon. If you are ever in Accra, we would like you to worship with us on Saturday night at 6 p.m. or on Sunday at 7.30, 9.30 or 11.30 a.m. You will have an awesome experience. We're here